Freedom of speech. Fundamental rights. Freedom of uh, conscience. Academic freedom. Freedom of press. And the right to listen. You're listening to So To Speak, the free speech podcast brought to you by FIRE, the foundation for individual rights in education. Okay, welcome back to So To Speak, the free speech podcast where every other week we take an uncensored look at the world of free expression through personal stories and candid conversations. I am your host, Nico Perino, and at the moment, I am gearing up for a big move. I am moving from my beloved New York City back to my old stomping grounds in Arlington, Virginia, just outside of Washington, D.C. Have no fear, I am not changing jobs, so this podcast isn't going anywhere, I'm just changing locations. But as a result of that, my life is in a bit of disarray at the moment. For example, right now. I am talking to you using my iPhone headphones on my iPhone's voice memo app. Also, as a result, we are not bringing you a standard, so to speak, conversation today. We are doing something a bit different, but I hope just as exciting, interesting, and stimulating. We are doing a simulcast. What is a simulcast, you might ask? It's when two podcasts get together to host an episode, and then each of those podcasts distribute that episode on their respective podcast platforms. And today we are doing that with Comedy Cellar, live from the table podcast. Comedy Cellar probably sounds familiar to most of our listeners because we hosted a debate at its live venue in Greenwich Village in New York City just back in May on the topic of is there a campus free speech crisis. The Comedy Cellar is world famous. It's where comedians such as Jerry Seinfeld, Jon Stewart, Chris Rock go and perform and hang out at the back table. So we are good friends with Noam Dwarman, who is the owner of the Comedy Cellar, and I was over at the club recently just chit-chatting, and he and I were talking about some of these outrage mobs that have generated, mostly on social media, into response to certain things that journalists, comedians, movie directors have said. For example, at the time when Noam and I were talking, there was a campaign online to try and get Sarah Jong a newly hired editorial board member at the New York Times, fired because of some of the things she had tweeted out previously that some found offensive. And Noam and I were talking, and he was telling me how, for example, comedy club owners aren't immune from this either. In fact, earlier in July, a comedy club owner in Long Island City, which is just across the East River from Manhattan, had faced a boycott campaign from a patron who was at the comedy club and overheard some of the things that her comedian said during a podcast. The patron found those things offensive and started tweeting about them, calling for people to boycott the club. They even engaged in sort of like an old school campaign by putting up flyers around the neighborhood saying that the creek and the cave doesn't represent Long Island City's values. So we decided that we would host a podcast conversation about not only what's happening at the creek in the cave, and we'd have the owner of that club, Rebecca Trent, on the podcast, but we'd also have a broader conversation about what these outrage mobs mean. For example, how should we think about them? They don't implicate the First Amendment because the government isn't involved. And one of the bargains that some say we've made in having a First Amendment is that private actors, such as private citizens, should be free to boycott whoever they want, should be free to publicly shame whoever they want, should be free even to call for the jobs of whoever they want. But 
What do we give up in doing that? Should we do that in all cases? And what is the limits of speech that we're willing to accept before we're willing to go to the level of boycott or calling for people's jobs? How does this implicate candor, civil discourse, open discourse? And in the world of comedy, how should comedy club owners like Noam Dwarman and Rebecca Trent, the owner of the Creek in the Cave, respond? Should they review all of their comedians' materials before they come on stage, lest they, their material might offend an audience member? Should they review what guests these comedians have on their podcast? Does that threaten artistic expression? These aren't new conversations. This is conver a conversation that we at FIRE had back in 2015 when we premiered a documentary that we participated in and supported called Can We Take a Joke? Which is about comedians and outrage mobs. The documentary featured Penn Jillette, comedian and magician, people like Adam Carolla, Lisa Lampanelli, Heather McDonald, Gilbert Gottfried, and it used the through line of comedian Lenny Bruce, who in, the New, York, in New York City, back in the middle part of the century, had his shows broken up by cops who were offended by his jokes. In some cases, jokes about religion. And comedians that we interviewed in this were talking about how the new censors aren't government actors, they aren't the police, but in some cases they're the mob who heckle their shows and call for them to be fired from various jobs when they are offended by one of their jokes. The documentary is available for free if you're an Amazon Prime member on Amazon's platform and also available for a small fee with most video on demand platforms. Today's podcast talks about those themes, as I said, and this is a bit of an abridged version of that podcast. We tried to keep it to around an hour. The podcast went a little bit longer. So if you want to listen to the full podcast, you can go over to Comedy Cellar Live from the Tables podcast feed on iTunes or Google Play or wherever you get your podcasts. We recorded the podcast on August 15th, Wednesday, August 15th. So it's coming to you a, a few days late. Before I turn it over to Noam Dorman, the host, I just wanted to remind you all that on September 4th, Fire President and CEO Greg Lukianoff and NYU professor Jonathan Haidt have their book coming out, The Coddling of the American Mind, How Good Intentions and Bad Ideas Are Setting Up a Generation for Failure. We really hope that that book will land in the bestsellers list. In the publishing world, if a book lands on the bestsellers list, you get more articles written about it, more reviews, more radio interviews, more TV appearances, and that results in more book sales. It has a snowball effect, which for us, more book sales is a good thing because it means more people are confronting and engaging with the ideas and having the discussion about some of the things in the book that are very relevant to us. Like, for example, free speech on college campuses. So if you haven't pre-ordered the book yet, please do us a favor and give it a pre-order. A portion of all the proceeds go to support FIRE. So there's an added benefit for you and for us. So with that, I am going to turn it over to Noam Dorman, the owner of the Comedy Cellar, my good friend, and he is going to introduce today's show. Okay, you guys got your headphones working? Yep. Yeah, man. Check. Yeah, yeah man. He's man. a nice to come down fat, fat, fat in the reggae style. Just don't block the Ooh, camera. Noam speaks patois. Ever a peace and love. Um, uh, good evening. Welcome to the uh, Comedy Cellar show here on Sirius XM Channel 99. We're here at the back table of the Comedy Cellar. My name is Noam Dwarman. I'm the owner of the Comedy Cellar. Uh, we have a kind of special podcast today. We have Nico Perino, who is, what's your exact title? I'm the Director of Communications for the Foundation for Individual Rights and Education. And, and I also host a podcast. He's also a regular, I mean, he's been here at least twice before. 
Right. But, on this podcast, yeah. yeah. But he is a, he's a free speech advocate, a FIRE, as the acronym is pronounced. Yes, sir. Uh, they are literally the group on the front lines fighting censorship now. To his far right, we have Monroe Martin, who's a regular comedian here at the Comedy Cellar, who yeah, does not know the first thing about Bob Marley. I, I didn't know you were going to start off like that. It Jesus just Christ. Kills me. And he said, it's old. he said Bob Marley's old people music. It came to me. I'm 32. <laughs> it, came, it was introduced to me by old people. So I'm like, should we? I think we should <laughs> specify that Monroe is African-American, and therefore oh. the, the fact that you're ignorant about reggae it strikes reggae? no. <laughs> Are you allowed to come at me when you just call it a reggae? You call it reggae. Re reggae. reggae. It's reggae. <laughs> well, I once heard and, uh, and, uh, and on an episode of the Cosby uh, Show, I once heard uh, Bill Cosby say reggae. Oh, that's cultural appropriation. That's so I figured maybe that was more uh, more correct or, or not. I don't know. And reggae. in the middle, Rebecca Trent, who who I adore, who owns the it's the Creek in the Cave, right? Yes. The Creek in the Cave, a, a competitive comedy club in Long Island City. Who uh, is it's artist positive or artist forward? Mm. Artist yes. forward comedy club. Who is um? Uh, 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 What's that even mean? Artist forward. I don't know. That, that well, we had this discussion. It means that the artists are given. Uh, uh, I'm not. You know that she uh, thinks of their interests more than her own. More even than her own, or more even than the audience, perhaps. It's I. Yeah. It's yeah. It's more free flowing. It's like, hey, let's leave. Comedy up to an interpretation. No, so, no one I'm, is. It's a safe haven. So, How so about let me that? finish introducing her. So Rebecca uh, is someone who was, uh, I'd say, universally um, admired in the, the comedian community, mm. perhaps even more than the owners of the comedy cellar for mm. her. <laughs> for, well, no, because I think that uh, I am suspected of being a, a businessman, a dirty where, capitalist, a dirty capitalist in certain ways. <laughs> and but she is known through and through as just. Uh, Vibrating with, with <laughs> comedy. And which makes it so unfair that what's happened now is that because somebody, will you tell the story? She, she's been targeted by an outrage mob, which is why I have Nico here and Rebecca here. So can you tell us oh, what why, happened? Why, why is Monroe here? Uh, yeah, for protection. <laughs> I guess, I don't know. You're my muscle, Six five, honey. Black guy. <laughs> yeah. um, well, uh, uh, on the 10th of July, a fella who uh, is not a comedian came to the creek and sat down and had a beer with a fella who was here to see Legion of Skanks. Now, tell us what Legion, Legion of Skanks is. Legion of Skanks is um, uh, Big J. Okerson, Louis J. Gomez, and uh, Dave, Dave Smith. Smith. They are a trio that are uh, they are the skanks in the Legion of Skanks, and they are the they build themselves as the most offensive podcast in America, uh. or maybe the world. I'm not sure how big it is. <laughs> I don't know. Is it popular? It's pretty popular. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, so on the 10th, he, 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 we were uh, having a podcast, a uh, live podcast. There's an audience there. And this guy grabbed the microphone from one of our podcast guests. I was in the office at the time. By the time I got out of the office, the guy was already on the other side of the bar screaming uh, that Lewis was a Nazi and screaming Zieg Heil and doing Nazi uh, salutes to him. And Lewis was responding by calling him every F-bomb and combination inside of that that you can think of. And uh, so there was a back and forth. I am, as I've said before, artist forward. This guy grabbed a microphone. He's not a comedian. He was asked to leave. I would have asked him to leave no matter who he was, no matter what the situation was. I 
always tell comedians when they go up on stage without permission that they are not invited back. Now, I'm sorry to ask this, but it's 2018, and it, it, of course it seems to matter. What was the ethnic profile of this guy who was asked to leave? I found out after the fact that he was probably Palestinian, but he uh, worked for the Arab American Society of New York for at least so a he's, year. So he's considered so. to be a person of color. He, he would be considered to be a person yeah, of color. And, he was complaining, and a Palestinian was complaining that Lewis was a Nazi. That Lewis was a Nazi, okay. who is, uh, and Lewis is factually a Puerto Rican person. Yeah. And he's not a Nazi. And he's not a Nazi. And he was being held back by his two best friends who are Jewish, who are Jay Okerson and Dave Smith. So it was two Jews and a Puerto Rican that he was calling a Nazi. I don't consider Jay Okerson. I know technically his mother is Jewish. His bubby considers him Jewish. He's Jewish. I I I don't know what to tell you. Nobody cares what you think he is. Go ahead. But he does have tattoos, so I guess in some circles he doesn't count or whatever. Um, He's also got someone that he refers to as his baby mama. That uh, is that true? Jews baby mamas? But he's married They're to her. They're allowed, but typically they do not. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, all right. Well, I mean, you, no, no. I feel we, you guys should be allowed to have baby mamas. That's we not fair. We can have them, but we just usually do not have them, and we certainly generally don't use that phraseology. Well, I think that's a choice. I think there's a, I don't know, really, we're going to be mad at baby mama for all Can the stuff that Jay says? Give me a break. Keep our eye on the ball. <laughs> well, I'm let's, certainly let's not, I'm certainly not, story, I'm certainly so, not mad. I'm just questioning his Jewish bona fides. Go. So, we had a festival called Skankfest that happened that following weekend. Um, that, uh, the weekend after that, I was in Montreal, and while I was at Just for Laughs Comedy Festival, this person who I ejected from the creek started putting up signs around the community, around the neighborhood in Long Island City, saying that I was a white supremacist and that I was harboring white supremacists and known Proud Boy supporters and uh, that I was involved with uh, uh, homophobia and misogyny and alt-right and all of this stuff. Uh, this guy put them up everywhere. I'm on the community board in my neighborhood. This guy put them up everywhere. He and it said something in there. They're also about allowing them to say the N word. Didn't it say something like that? I'm, I'm, yes, I'm sure that was in there. And yeah. and and there was a there's a there's a. Do they say the N word on the podcast? Yes. Uh, do they and call people the N word? Are they just they just no? no. Uh, it's mainly Lewis. Jimmy Jimmy Martinez. Yeah, has been on the I've show. Been on He's it. been it's on not it. like Jay and them were just dropping in bombs. It's, Lewis accessing his Puerto Rican side. Yeah, you know, you know I have to say that yeah. Puerto Rican seemed to get a slight pass because my wife, I have yeah. heard her not in a long time, but, but you know, because she grew up in Bushwick. Yeah. Uh-huh. And she would, when she's got, she got mad back when I first met her, she would say that blah, blah, you know. Yeah, uh, no, nah, Puerto Ricans, they use it a lot. Yeah. Anyway, and are yeah. they authorized to use it in your estimation? Uh, I'm curious yeah. about this one. I've always been. Confused. I've always been undecided because I don't understand how it came about and why it's appropriate. But because it's been most constant in my life, I'm so used to hearing it. I don't get angry it's because it's an urban thing, and, the, and, yeah. and blacks and Puerto Ricans. See, live, I think for me, I still like if I'm like in the hood and I see like a young Asian kid use it, I'm still like, wait, what? No, I'm just saying that's how it came. About. I'm not saying it's yeah. okay. I'm saying that's how it came about. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I get a little bit more like pearl clutchy when it's an Asian guy for some reason. Yeah, I don't know like, why. You're definitely not allowed. Well, but I think but, it's obvious why. <laughs> well, no, I, I, I they're, they're because not, I feel like, uh huh. Well, uh, Puerto Rican and African American, there's an association there. 
But yeah, for with so Asians, I, get what I think it's a socioeconomic yeah. thing. Maybe I don't. I, a lot honestly, of Puerto Ricans are black. I'm not exactly sure. Yeah. <laughs> Many Puerto Ricans probably do have some African ancestry. My wife, my wife has a, a certain percentage of West African. We did 23 Me. So go oh, ahead. you did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there was. So this guy papered the neighborhood um, and has been going around to like bars in the neighborhood bragging about doing it. And so I know exactly who it is and stuff like that and where he works and all that stuff. But. I mean, I don't know. It's just, it, the whole thing is just well, really, what? really gross. And he continues, like, even yesterday was texting one of my bartenders trying to, like, go and talk to her because he's trying to actively boycott the creek and keep people from going to the creek. And his demand is that until the Legion of Skanks is gone, that he will continue to do this. What are the Legion of Skanks saying that, that provokes the, the, him to say that he they're Nazis? He maintains that the Legion of Skanks, I don't know. He can't, there's nothing that he could say that would back that up because they just aren't and that makes right, no damn sense. Right, but what does he think that they're saying? I, that they, I couldn't speak to that. I mean, like, it's like when somebody says something that's insane that I don't know how to respond to, I'm not going to respond to it. I know Dave it. Smith. I Me too. I, I know that he has, <laughs> on his podcast, has had interviews and relatively uh, collegial conversations with people that would be characterized as White nationalists, at a minimum. People like, uh, I think, uh, who's that guy from the Charlottesville? Uh, Jared Kessler, Richard I don't, Spencer. I don't know. I, one of those J- Jason guys. Jason Kessler. J- maybe Jason Kessler, maybe Richard. So one, he one had of those a white guys. nationalist. He, 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 on his own podcast, he's uh-huh. had conversations with these types of people. Well, what was the purpose of the conversation? Just yeah. to see what they're all about and and, uh, and see what their the views shit. are. Because I listen to you, Noam, on Race Wars, have a conversation with Milo. Would the, the same argument apply there that... You can't have well, I'm Milo not on saying that that's the reason this yeah. this man thinks the Legion of Skanks are Nazis. I'm proposing here's, here's, a hypothesis. Here's what I'm going to say. I know that this Dave is Smith what I think this came from. Talk to those guys. Um, Dave Smith is a sort of known libertarian, uh, and uh, it you know politically where he where he falls on the spectrum, I don't think that anybody could make an argument for him being either conservative or in any way He's a white Jewish nationalist. Yeah. Yes, Smith Smith Smith. But certainly not, but <laughs> anytime you're anything less than yeah. hostile... The kind that escaped something, I'm guessing. Is that a, the very yeah. fact that you have a conversation that's relatively polite with a white nationalist, but would uh, provoke some people, I think, to think that you were... A Nazi. That you know, I've, I've, really? I really. If Just I go to on, have a conversation with someone. If I, if I go it. on Facebook and simply say anything other than Trump must be impeached, <laughs> then I'm considered a Trump supporter. <laughs> I mean, if I merely say that I think in this one instance maybe what Trump said has a grain of truth to it. You're a Trump supporter. I think that it is a wild leap for someone to have an interview and then suddenly well, their uh, politics are realigned. I'm not, That's again, I'm not saying that this ridiculous. is why this individual thinks they're no, Nazis. I don't I'm think it is. I think the reason the why he was saying all of this stuff was because he wanted to bring about a, uh, a level of awareness to the Proud Boys and Gavin McGinnis and stuff like that. That's but that that that. Uh, uh, he thinks that he's he's helping. He thinks that he's being a white knight and fixing a blight that's in the neighborhood because he thinks that it's a haven for Proud Boys. That's well, what he it, keeps he saying over that? and over again. I believe that he thinks that because in the distant past, Gavin McGinnis has been on the podcast. And also I think that he believes that because he was sitting down next to somebody who was wearing a hat that said Proud Boy on it, which he was asked to remove after all of the like weirdness happened now, what are the, on the Who are the Proud Boys? 
to my knowledge, and I haven't delved too deep, but they are basically uh, alt-right. They're, they, are, they are an alt-right group of fanboys from the Gavin McGinnis camp, who was a radio personality, and, and I think maybe he had something to do with Vice back in the day. Yeah, they call themselves and, alt-light. So yeah, I don't even know what the fuck think, that means. Yeah. They seem like a bunch of tool bags, and I don't want to have anything to fuck to do with them. But I'm also not going to cancel Legion of Skanks because one guy showed up with a hat on. That makes... No sense whatsoever. Well, do you have any, you know, so, so, you know, as a comedy club owner, I'm very worried about this because... It goes further, too, because now oh, I'm being ahead. called into question for booking Anthony Cumia. Have you ever booked him? I have never booked him. He was on Skankfest. I found out the week before the festival started that he was on it. And it was a... Um, uh, super uncomfortable situation, but we dealt with it, and nothing happened, and everything was fine, and... Well, my question is, is it just this one guy, or is he having some effect? Are people not... Yeah, are you seeing a decline in your attendance? So What's open going micers, on? There are some open micers that have now started uh, calling into question, you know, my booking and saying that, you know, I'm being immoral and that I am not standing up for the community and that I'm putting the community in danger by allowing Kumia to be around. And so Kumia hangs out there? Is that No, it? he does not. I've, 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 I rarely see him. But he comes here sometimes. Yeah, I mean, you rarely see him. Like we rare, we we rarely see him. It's it's a it it it's for it. I felt and and um, I'm not super comfortable having him at the creek. I never have been. He's there very rarely. Um, I flat out asked them to not have Gavin at the creek anymore um, because of his association with people that I will not be fucking associated with. And at the end of the day, you know, I none of us, the all of the sort of private back conversations that happened in the creation of that festival and whether or not and who was on what and who we were going to book ultimately wasn't up to one person. It was up to a team of people. When the two girls that were on that team found out that he was booked, we weren't thrilled, but we dealt with it. There wasn't there there. That's just what there is to it. And at the end of the day, nothing happened. And I, uh, okay, so it sounds to me like the main beef here is that you, Anthony Cumia was booked at the Creek, and you booked didn't, at the Skank at, at the, the Skank Festival. Fest. Yeah. And 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 but the, the, the and he has been at the Creek in the past. And you didn't. I didn't completely disassociate. I didn't yourself. denounce him or uh, say that he wasn't allowed to come into the doors. J now, part of the oh. reason why I didn't denounce him was because the victim herself asked me not to do anything. I just uh, want to know his daughter. Oh, sorry. Yeah. What do people expect yeah. you to do in that situation where if you cause a scene, you risk the business of your friends who use your venue to host their festival? Well, and also we just don't unbook comedians yeah. in general. You deal yeah. with it if it happens. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it happens sometimes. It just seems like an untenable position to be in. Noam, you record a couple of podcasts here. Not you're not always hosting them. Are you supposed? And you host a lot of comedians. Are you supposed to know everything? That they do, or everything that they say, well, are you that, supposed to that, police it? Well, are you it's responsible for it? It's not just a podcast. It's stuff they say, stuff you know. Kevin Brennan says on stage. But the, <laughs> listen, listen. <laughs> I mean, uh, let me let me tell you something. First of all, about Anthony Cumia, he. 
tweeted that you know he, you know, he got he was in t- drunk in Times Square and he called that girl. Yes, I know it was horrifying. Oh, yeah, I he that. called that girl the N word, and that should have yeah. been enough then. Who is Anthea? Anthony? Uh, I'm not in the he, industry, uh, so he's a radio, radio personality that started off with um, Opie and Anthony, which was a, a radio talk radio show from back in the day. And once they were let go from Infinity Broadcasting, they moved on to Sirius XM. And then after this incident, he was fired. actually let go from that, and now has his own compound. It's called the Kumia Compound. Okay. Right. And they have a bunch of shows on there, one of which is his and Artie Lang show. And we booked Artie, which was how we ended up yeah, and, and Artie, who is absolutely not a racist. Um, so, so this is interesting. So when Kumia did that, um, why are you laughing? Because we live in a world where we have to be like, and this person is absolutely not yeah, a racist, okay. and it just sucks. I took that as sarcasm. No, no, I mean, no, no, it wasn't racist. sarcasm. No, 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 no I, meant, I know Artie. I just I thought it was it. like a. No, no, I, I meant like people yeah. say, why is he working with Anthony Cumia? Like yeah. they think they're birds of a feather. But so when the thing happened with Cumia, um, and and uh, you know a lot of people weren't honest about this, but there was one tweet which he, he says I called her, and he used like. Garbage characters like hashtag, yeah. uh, and he, but the two the, Arab the, a, a, ampersand ampersand, but the two middle character it was six, uh, it was two, it was it was six. <laughs> you letters. saw the two G's. Yeah, well, we know and, it and, is. And, and they used the same one twice in the but middle, it was so it was clear. A yeah. or the ER? No, too. it was yeah. ER. Yeah. So, oh, wow. so this was interesting. So Keith Robinson, and I and I didn't realize it was going. Yeah. Keith Robinson says, you know, all my friends or people he thought were his friends. Keith Robinson is a black comic, are still going on Kumi's show. We're still hanging out with him. Like they, they have him on his show. He says yeah. none of them seem to care, and and, and that that went through me like a knife when Keith said that. And then yeah. and because first of all, it brought out to me the hypocrisy of everybody. Like all these people talk a good game, yeah. but here this guy, he's clearly. I mean, if anybody, he was clearly involved in racism. Yeah, and in an ugly way, and they're still like pretending it didn't happen. So just so then I got contacted by Kumi's people. They wanted to do a show in the underground. And I, I dodged it, I dodged it. And finally I sat down with Keith. You know, I said, listen, I'm, I can't do it. And, until he apologizes or until, someone, until, until yeah. this is resolved. And then I contacted Bill Burr because I know that his, his wife was involved. You know, so it is really, I just want to, just, just to be clear. So I, I'm the same with you. Like, that's the one guy. And, and by the way, Anthony Kumi, do you know him at all? I don't know him, he but I funny, have the same he's stance he's, as Keith, though. Yeah, I mean, he, he's really disarming. Yeah. Like, if you didn't know that he had that kind of thing, I mean, yeah. you, would, you would say, oh, this is a great guy, you know? Yeah. But then, so I'm, I'm almost finished. So then I got invited on Bill Schultz's show on okay. The Compound. There's another show on The Compound. So they send me a, uh, a guest subscription so I can watch it. So I watched a little bit of Kumia's show. Yeah. And I'm telling you, they were making fun of black people. And listen, I know, I'm always the guy to say that's not racist. You can make fun. Yeah. It was disturbing. Wow. They're making fun of black, like, black women being, like, ignorant in the bank with their weaves. And, like, it was just, like, it was just bullying. And it, and it really turned me off. So I called Sherrod. Yeah. I said, listen, I'm supposed to be on Bill's show tomorrow, which is a different show. I said, but I'm hearing this stuff on Kumia's show, and I don't think I should go perform in that net, or, you know appear yeah. in that network and Sherrod says he calls me the n-word you know yeah. it's yeah. okay don't worry about it you know he's cool do blah, blah 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 and it's like talking me into to going on it so so you don't know yeah you well, just don't know what you're supposed to do move opportunity to opportunity so some people can look past the what's obvious like oh yeah I know he's a racist but 
it's airtime. I got to sell my thing. But it's well, like, yeah, but you're selling your stuff to the people who think just like how him. How many people? So it's not really valuable. I'm okay with that. But then forgive yeah. it to other people when they do it. How That's many people thing. in life? <laughs> no, yeah. How many people in life? You know, it's very hard to um, turn your back on a friend. And, and in life, how many people have actually ended a friendship and, and publicly denounced somebody because, you know, maybe they said the N-word or they... They said something offensive. It's. You, I think if you're good friends with somebody, yeah. it is human nature to defend them, even, even, uh, you know, when there's not not defendable. And but you should, because I. Well, should I is one thing, this. but I think people defend their heroes and their friends. It's people are too loyal to a fault where they're like, well, this doesn't represent me. When it does, though, you who you hang out with represents you. I used to hear a lot of, like, back in when I was in college, Farrakhan was yeah. talking about Judaism being a gutter religion and, and said a lot of not-so-nice things about Jews. And I remember a lot of my black friends were defending him, saying, well, you got to understand, he's, you know, he, I don't know exactly how they were defending him, but they were defending him. But that him. charity doesn't exist with Trump, for example. You see articles all the but time, I, like, how do, I, how do I deal with my racist uncle, with my racist aunt? I saw something on Twitter the other day. You know Bob Goodlot? He's a uh, congressman out of Virginia. His son's Bobby Goodlot was one of the early employees at Facebook. And I saw a tweet going around. It had something like 40,000 likes. When he's, and he condemned his dad. And it's the first time I've ever seen him do it. He's like, what Bob Goodlot, who's the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, did with that Peter Strozek guy, the Struck, FBI, yeah, Struck, Struck guy. He's like, it's political grandstanding. I'm looking at it. I'm like, wow, he is throwing his dad under the bus in the mm. most public way possible. So, I mean... People are willing to give up their their family relationships. It doesn't for have to be this whole showdown thing, but you outgrow people. You like if somebody's views and stuff don't match up with, or their behavior don't match up with yours, it's okay to distance yourself. You don't gotta continue to be their best no, friend. No, I, I but hear you, don't you but I'm to, just saying human nature being yeah. what it is. Just trying to understand people. There are people that I really, really like, and there's a but there's a part of them, there's ten percent of them that I don't like. Yeah. But I kind of like that ninety percent, and I just kind of forget about that ten percent. Well, look, I, I have musicians who work for me, work in my band, who were black Israelites. Yeah. And they hate Jews, and oh, they hate white people, <laughs> and they they with a white devil. I mean, like, and this is real hatred. This is you know. Yeah. yeah. But. If they're not, if you if you if you can get them off that subject, yeah, he's right. They're like they're all right. They're cool dudes to hang out with, Man. and and I find myself like I'm like that's okay. And the weird thing is that they divide it too. Like like this guy who's a, a bass player, and we're actually pretty good friends. Like we don't ever talk about that. Yeah. But like he, I've been in situations where he was the guy who went to bat for me, and he was the guy who showed integrity. So you know, when, I, mean, I, I don't know how far you can take that you, to say like there's anything redeeming about a, a real Nazi. Yeah. But if it's just a matter of, of, of attitudes that people have which are offensive, it is tough. Dan is right because that's not all that they are. Wasn't it that movie um, where the where the racist cop was the one who saved the black woman in the car? What was that movie? One Academy Award. Crash. Crash. Yeah. That was yeah. that was a pretty. Affecting, effective scene. Do you remember that? Yeah, because I he was so racist. Yeah. But then he was still ready to risk his life for the. So, is he a good guy but or a bad I felt guy? Like that was Humans job, are complicated. You, you felt that was what? I felt that was more of is like, well, that's your your job is to put your life on the line. Yeah. Yeah. But he did it. I know. Yeah. So I can't. I really applaud somebody for doing their job. Well, 
I mean, yeah, it's his job. Yeah, like that, I don't. That wanna... movie was really weird for me because it was supposed to redeem him in the end, but he was just doing his damn job. Yeah, like if he didn't do it, Emma, like, oh fuck that, he broke all the rules. It's like He's I'm not going to applaud a cop who doesn't shoot somebody. Like that's yeah. not that doesn't make any sense. It's your job to not be irresponsible. That's you're making yeah. a legitimate point, but I, I, but and maybe that's just not the best example of it. But it is true. <laughs> no, but it is true that yeah. somebody can simultaneously have a bigoted attitude about but, black people. Yeah, at what the same does it time, do with all your black? other? If everybody, yeah. if your or other Jews, friends yeah. or the people you consider friends are like, yo, it makes me uncomfortable that you're that you still support this dude, that you still yada yada yada. I don't find okay, it hard to so cut somebody off. In I'll the, cut somebody in, off. In this situation, those yeah. conversations have been had. Uh-huh. They've been had since the festival happened, but yeah. this conversation's been started online by other people who don't know about this other conversation. You know what I'm saying? It's always like that. And yeah. so now it's being blown up, and now it has to be something that's like, you know what I mean? Like, this could have been handled in a classy way, and there's no way for us to handle it in a classy no. way now. So has you know? business been affected at all? Yeah, it has been. That's fucking Of course it has been. He put up shit everywhere saying that I was a Nazi and fucking support white supremacy. If you had a choice of going to any Mexican restaurant in Long Island City, wouldn't you pick the one that's not racist? Yeah, but I'm a bad person to ask. <laughs> maybe you are. Maybe you are. Say if Gavin McGinnis wanted to show up and hang out and be... I'd ask know. him to leave. You would ask him. I to leave. would, and I, and I, you know, and I, I don't mean that in like a way to like square off with anyone. I'm not trying to fight anybody. It's not a, it's not a fucking thing. And honestly, I don't know if I would recognize him. So you'd have to tell me who he was. But I know I, I, I'm not, uh, uh, I'm not a fan. And enough people have expressed to me that they are uncomfortable with him being around. So he's not coming around. Well, that's but that's the not decision even the really Red Hen reason. made a couple months ago when they with, threw yes. out Sarah Huckabee Sanders. And that's and perfectly fine. No, that wasn't fine. Sure, that was. It was. If they didn't want to, they didn't have to. Well, well, That's how it works. It's a business, you know. But, but if they, they don't want to, her, they don't have to. They did to her they what they're her doing as, to you. They pulled her aside quietly and said that they didn't want to serve her. They did not go after her job. They did not go after oh, her would've, livelihood. They would've, they could. They, well, sure, but they're protected. No, I, I think it's just wrong. No, let me ask you this question because you were talking about Kumia. At, at what point is the outrage mob, whatever it, whatever it is, justified? And going after someone. Well, at what point is a calling for? Because I'm assuming you wouldn't go after people calling for boycotts of s- certain white nationalists, like Richard Spencer. Not on co- speaking on college campuses. I know what you feel what? about that, but like, are there certain people that, for whom you would justify an outrage mob? You'd say this is right. Well, so just to, to answer you, first of all, as far as Anthony Cumia is go, but that's where I draw a line. I, I didn't want to do business with him, like having him appear in my club. Yeah. But I never said I'm going to start throwing him out. Whatever. Yeah. It's like I was like I just it's like at some point. I, I, I don't. I don't have. You to, wouldn't go after his job, or, or I'm just like you know. He he's 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 he racist. Being a racist is one of the many many ways to be a bad person. Yeah. It may not even be the worst way to be a, a bad person. People beat their children, beat their wives, steal, rob. Uh, you know, in, in the scheme of things, uh, having. I mean, uh, saying some some fucked up things. Yeah, that's bad. But you know, there's and and if I'm gonna, it's like somebody. So if I'm gonna start like picking this one thing, a lot of it is just pressure. And and I add to that, and just to answer your question, I know that if it was about Jews, I wouldn't even do anything. Like it's in a what certain do you mean? Why? like like if I knew if I knew that Kumi had said like fucked up things about Jews, yeah, I would have done the show with him. Oh wow! I would have like I don't give a shit. Oh, I get it. Because get nobody it, could accuse you of being yeah. in league so, with it. So, so in part it, of it, in part of it, I feel the pressure to do it. It's it, and my attitude. It's could be my attitude about this kind of stuff is like, yeah. 
I kind of like hearing and speaking to these racists and see and, and I and I and I and I don't I, and I don't like start to draw lines and yeah. whatever it is and I and I just I do know believe in like community like we all have to talk to each other we all have to communicate and try to see each other's side different sides and points and stuff like that but, but there are some people who are saying you shouldn't so yeah, I was I was telling Noam this earlier on me. The, NP, the Unite the Right rally in Washington DC this Unite the Right 2 is on the anniversary of Charlottesville an NPR host interviewed Jason Kessler who was one of the organizers of the original Unite the Right rally yeah. and there were protests again at NPR for even interviewing him and they, a lot of these people who were counter-protesting said, if you interview us, you have to promise us that you will not interview a white nationalist. And if you do, then we are going to boycott you or we're, we're not going to speak with you. And there's this other reporter, Rukmini, and I, I hope I'm pronouncing her last name right, Kalamachi. She's an ISIS reporter for the New York Times. And she responded to one of these protesters or one of these NPR people and said, so do you not want to understand why they believe what they believe? I, she said in interviewing ISIS terrorists, I've understood a lot more about the organization than I would if I didn't. And I just had this caricature of their motives in my mind. It's a lot easier to dismiss people if you don't understand why they do it. I mean, you can still disagree with them, but you have a you come from an informed place that you wouldn't have not speaking. Yeah, that's what I like to hear. I, I'm, I'm fascinated by, I mean, I could surround myself by everybody who thinks exactly the same way as I do. And, 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 even if that's the right way to think, it's a little dull. There is some part of me which just enjoys the action, like the the outrage of of hearing people with like outrageous points of view. I think the thing with Kumia is just his actions. If it was just like, oh yeah, you know, here's his views, but he's not really about it, and out in the streets calling women the N word, then I think people will be more like, well, let me try to understand this guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was, it was terrible what he did. But some yeah. of this is, not all of this is like, and I don't know Kumia, but some of it is people on online not trying to really understand what people mean. Like well, the Justine Sacco thing from a couple of years ago. What was that? Just want to be entertained. They don't, that's how I look at it. When people are online and they show this fake outrage, it's just to have something on their feed so they seem busy and seem mm -hmm. engaged, but... Most people are tweeting and putting their phone down and watching TV I, and I, doing other shit. I think the best outcome for Kumi would have been that you're talking about this other one is that his friends should have still gone on his show mm -hmm. and they should have called him out. And they should have berated him. They should have called him out. And that's what I would have yeah, done. Yeah, they should have, but it didn't happen. It didn't go down like yeah, that. It went to a defensive thing. Yeah. They don't, they don't need to disown him, whatever they should go yeah. down. Like, what the fuck is, what, dude, what is with you? Reprimand him. Yeah, so but it wasn't. Explain yourself, yeah. huh? At the Why aren't you apologizing? Yeah. Something. He never did. Uh, at the end of the day, is there a place in comedy for something that bills itself as the most offensive podcast in the world? Well, this is the problem I'm saying. Is, I, I, is there I, a place for it? As a venue? It? No, like, not as a venue, but like as a podcast, as a person who, as a, as a person who's in comedy. Is there a yeah. place in comedy for the most offensive podcast in the world? Well, they, they bill themselves as that, yeah. but are they that offensive? I mean, I mean my guess compared be, to what some of the other garbage that's out there, no, they don't offend me the most out of all yeah. the shit that I they're listen to. They're probably really not that offensive. Not what, what, really. is, what, is, what is the most offensive thing they're saying on this? I'm not repeating any of it. It's more like <laughs> abortions and like sex stuff. It's but, sex but, stuff. They yeah. talk about like the, they, the last week they talked about how hot the catch me outside cat cash me outside girl was. She a kid. 
Well, that's yeah, why it's 15, offensive. That's why it's yeah. offensive. Like, you know, well, that, I mean, and that's what he, that Jay's whole point was like, I have a daughter around this age. This is freaking me out. I don't yeah. like it. You yeah. know what well, I mean? I it, it's not coming from a point and, of view and, of like. I want to say, I, I would not, I would not host a show where the racism was the subject matter of the show. Mm -hmm. I don't think clear. it is. No, no, I don't I'm, think that it. Yeah. I'm not saying. I'm just saying it's, like, it's distinguished. I would not like I say we're gonna like this is gonna this is a pro white. I wouldn't host that the underground. Yeah. But to just I I would. Or an anti, if if the it was like an anti-Semitic, you know, I might, but I I, I I I think that's different. But just the fact that the dude in the show had said something anti-Semitic, yeah. I would not feel the need to say this. He will never work in my place. Yeah. I would. Yeah. yeah. So, go ahead. But no, it, I don't. I mean, I don't know what to do. I like. I have a venue that is open for everyone. It's open for all kinds of comedy. We teach little kids how to do stand up on Saturdays. We teach. Spanish on Wednesdays through stand up. I mean, it's what like would I do? You, you know what I would do? I would do what, 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 what would you do? I would call him into my podcast and say, "Let's talk about this on the radio." That's what I did with that Gary with the, with his name, Guy Branham. Yeah, yeah but this that's guy the thing is, they tried to get these guys on the podcast and they didn't show up. They they showed up on the block and then were like, "Fuck you, we're not coming. I'm not coming well, in." Oh, you and tried then that. Some yeah, some guests that. are just too explosive and and unpredictable. I mean, Guy Branham, we knew he wasn't going to get violent. At least this guy sounds like potentially he could. You could get crazy. Well, well, where are your comedians? I mean, I mean, I why aren't they I don't know, uni you uniting behind you? I well, mean, there's security have, in numbers. I mean, people have. There's a, there's a number that have... And then there's another number of people that, that support the, the other line of thinking that, you know... I'm not going to get into a position where I'm censoring the comedians. I do not book the guests on the podcasts. I have asked from time to time that certain people not be booked, but I'm not particularly... I don't step in but, in that uh, way. Again, I never like, have. Okay, but... So, so your question is, is, is what should you do with regard to this pot, the most offensive podcast in the world? Should it continue to be allowed to broadcast I mean, out of the creek and the cave? That's not what I'm asking, because let me be clear. Legion of Skanks is staying at the creek and the cave. It's not going anywhere. Yeah. I am in no way inviting anyone from any distasteful group that I don't fuck with to come in and be an audience member. I'm not inviting any. I don't want any support from any of those groups either. I am just going to continue to do what I do. This is a sixth. This is in its sixth year. Legion of Skanks has been doing this for six years at the Creek in the so Cave. So when you ask, what and should I do? What, what, will you, what will you say? No, not. I wasn't asking what should I do. Rhetorical. What I'm asking is, is there a place in comedy for the most offensive podcast in the world? Yes, that Creek is in the, the Cave. Well, but what I'm saying inside of the tapestry of comedy, I get what you're saying, should no. it exist? Yes, of yes, course it should. All genres of comedy should but, exist. But it should exist. In its present form, because you're describing a podcast that's really not that offensive. Well, I, I Dang, actually didn't really describe the podcast. It's just two Jews and a Puerto Rican talking whoa, about pop whoa. culture. Yeah. Well, that that doesn't sound terribly offensive. Uh, I mean, you're you're saying they're not. Well, you haven't met Lewis. Well, I have met Lewis. <laughs> well, but but but, but they're not being racist over. Uh, I don't oh. think so. No. Well, some no. you don't think so, and I don't think so. But you know, some people could take it that way. And that's fine. Yeah. That's but they are billed as the most offensive podcast in America. They're well, obviously not trying to well, they're billed that way, appeal to people they, who are. They are not racist. I'll say that. I mean, I know. I know they I are know, not. I know Jay is not. Anyway, I know. But, but Louis is Puerto Rican, so he gets a pass. Right? Well, yeah. what you're saying is <laughs> there. <laughs> I don't know. Is, why is everyone looking at me? In order to answer the question, <laughs> is there a place for this? I have to. Re I would. Ha I would have to know to answer that question. Precisely what it is that they're saying <clears throat> that's so offensive. Now, if you said, well, "Is there a place for white nationalist comedy?" 
at the creek in the cave, I would I would probably say no to that. Yeah, that would probably be a no to me too. But there's but somebody the, we blew them off the stage when they show up at open mics. Okay, if uh, a white nationalist comedy, no. But what if you know that this really funny comedian? What did you find out that Ryan Hamilton? Whose, whose act is totally oh my God. turns out at home. I'd quit comedy. He, at home, yeah. he's got a, a swastika on his wall. I yeah. quit. And let's say you found that out. Oh my God. Because you were used to deliver pizzas and you walked in and you saw it. You, you caught him. Yeah, I don't and you, know. So you know this information. My mind would be blown. And then you came to me and says, you know what? There's a Ryan Hamilton. First, Should I, I not assume, book him? I would book him. Fuck I would it, assume you know? that he just likes collecting like no, no, artifacts no, no, no. and shit. I'm like, no, he's just a fan of the art. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, this is a wild, uh, you know, scenario. Yeah, but it's just a hypothetical situation. And I think it's oh, an interesting it's question. Kevin Brennan. <laughs> oh yeah, right. but but the question about what to do is kind of there's parallels with what's going on with Facebook and Alex Jones. I mean, they're. They're hosting people on their platform within their salon or within their restaurant or within their club, in quotes. Right. And those people are saying things that they don't necessarily have control over and they don't necessarily sanction. And, and they're having a hard time policing everything that everyone says because you, you can't do prior review in every case, yeah. Yeah. especially when you're in the world of discourse or in the world of art. I mean, then then you kind of lose the art if everything has to go through the, the review. I felt beforehand. like that on... Uh, we were talking about this yesterday, and I was like, it's weird that... Social like Facebook and Instagram and all that are trying to censor him. Where I'm like, I know it's on the internet and I see it all the time, and that's not the worst of it. Like, we watch people fight, beat each other up, use drugs, we watch shooting, and then we see this and we're like, that's wrong. So, that's always that kind of seems hypocritical to me. I agree with you, yeah. And it's like, ugh. yeah, and as soon as you yeah. accept that as something's wrong and now you, 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 you let the outrage mob get what they want, it's going to be easier for them to go after the next thing. And maybe it's not as outrageous, but behavior yeah. that gets rewarded gets repeated. And if you got rid of the Legion of Skanks, who knows what it'll be next? It probably won't be on the level with Legion of Skanks because they can start working down the ladder at the next. I feel like if they're going to take that off, they need to be super sensitive with everything else. They have to start blocking everything like the fact like the, when you upload music they erase it immediately and then you got to hit that you like own the content or something like that so they're on top of their shit so that means they're just going to have to be squeaky clean if they get rid of that they're going to have to get rid of uh sexual stuff stuff with violence stuff with uh bad language they're going to have to drugs and you have to get rid of yeah, everything yeah. and you have to look at the intent behind it because yeah. a lot of times you see stuff getting taken down on Facebook or on Twitter that is yeah. satire that is satire that's poking fun yeah. at the allegedly racist material it, it yeah. sounds like the main beef with legion of skanks though is not that they talk about the cash me outside girl or ta they talk about sexuality it's that they're perceived to be racist or that you, you, or that their fan base is perceived to be racist, I think is really more precise. They can't help their fan base, though. Uh, oh, I've been told that I'm supposed to like find out who those people are before they're allowed in no, the... Like, well, I'm stupid. supposed to interview every person that walks in the yeah. room with a, with a tattoo or with a certain look about them or however yeah. that's supposed to work. They're supplying entertainment. The people who receive it and pass it on to their friends, they have no control over that. And the, I mean, the idea of Jay Orkerson being a hateful is, is so It's insane. It's He's so the blackest Jew Absolutely I know. fucking like, ludicrous. Uh, dude, not, not me. And it's offensive. I'm, I'm teach you sorry, you definitely are not, but yeah. you did teach us about reggae today, so you would at some point. You know. And you play a lot of string instruments, so I don't know. Probably. I play the bass. And what yeah. about, what about <laughs> other than that? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, and Luis Gomez, I mean, what has he said that, that would... would uh, 
qualify as Nazi-like, you know, expression. Louis J. Gomez, to my knowledge, has never said anything with any iota of seriousness yeah. regarding <laughs> Nazism, <laughs> National Socialism, or in support of white nationalists or white supremacists in any capacity. His two best friends again, his two best friends again are Jewish. And, you know, it's it's Louis J. Gomez. We joke around that the J stands for genius. You know what I mean? Like, we're not... <laughs> I I adore him. That's he funny. is a friend of mine, and I work with him, but... Are you calling Louis stupid? But Louis, is, but, but Louis is not trying to launch a political platform. That's more Dave's thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's not a political guy. And I'm not trying to call him stupid, but I am trying to say that, like, you know, out of the three of them, he's the least likely to try and, like... He's the least you know, harmless. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know levels of harm. Like all three of them are pretty benign uh, no, at like the end the of the least day. But person you expect, you're like him. Uh, well, you know, he's a he's he's kind of like a he's he's half comic, half street kid, for, and he's Puerto Rican, and he kind of just like runs his <laughs> mouth a little too much, and he has to like, you know, uh, you know, he he he's he's getting ready to like beat somebody up in Vegas next week or something. Like he's he's an MMA fighter. Oh, I'm watching. Too. He's a whole other kind of person. He's not yeah. like he's all not. Right. You know what I mean? I don't so, know what to say. So now this, this is, is all happening at a time when there was a when there was a uh, if the first anniversary of the the Charlottesville. Is that what you're talking yeah, about? What, what, what do they call the right to the unite, unite the right the rally. unite the right yeah. rally? Yeah. That was and so sad. now I've been saying to to people's uh, anger. For a year that I was not totally buying, and you turned me said I was not totally buying the fact that white supremacy has really been um, ginned up by Trump as much as everybody thinks it has been. What do you mean What's by ginned up? What's your basis for that? Yeah. What's that? Like, why do you think it's. Why do you I, think I, he's I, saying trumped up, really, by the way. Trumped up. <laughs> My feeling was, for instance, when, when there were all these JCCs were being uh, threatened with bomb scares. Yeah. yeah. I, and all the swastikas, the, yeah. the vandalism. I said, and stuff. I thought it was a, it was a uh, Gimmick? False, false flag, that it was, that it was somebody. So liberals doing, are out there painting well, swastikas sure, sure, on. Sure enough, it, it turned out to be. Really? It turned out to be an Israeli guy. And I and I noticed that the this was this was my theory the white people who hate black people I mean they they are already at full tilt hating black people they if 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 Barack Obama a black president wasn't enough to get them out to with with uh, swastikas on the walls mm-hmm. I don't know what would be so the, I felt they were already in, in full scale um, p- provoked uh, for eight years under Obama. On the other hand, what did change when Trump became president was that it evoked a whole new hatred, which had been kind of complacent, which was the anti-Trump hatred. And these people, many of them, were looking for a way to discredit Trump. And we all know this is not the first time this has happened, even one millionth time it's happened. Now, one way to do it is to pretend to be the, the, the guy, the false flag. So one way to make a guy look like a Nazi or that is, is to actually put the swastika on there and blame it on somebody else. Well, I mean, he, the guy went is, so far as to say that Jay has Nazi tattoos in the, in the post yeah, that went up yeah. around the neighborhood. So, so I, oh, I've always taken this with a grain of salt. I'm sure some of it is real, of course. Mm-hmm. But I, I just know the temptation the sh- people are human. When you hate somebody that much, you look for clever ways to to express it. To take so it as you, far as sure you can. Trump sure. Sure enough, Trump adds any li- fuel to the fire of and give confidence to these well, people who so, are. So let's look. So sure enough, a year yeah. later, twenty people show up to the most publicized white nationalist riot uh, uh, demonstration yeah. in history. Twenty people. Now let me tell you this: if two thousand people had shown up. This would have been proof positive. I would have had to accept 
that something's going on here. Trump must have touched something. There's 2,000 people here. Oh, is it only evidence if a lot of people show up? But if 20 people show up, we, we just pretend it didn't happen? I think when 20 people show up, mm -hmm. people have to begin, you know what? It may not be quite what we thought it was. Or it's just easier to do it online and they found other avenues versus just meet up in a rally. Maybe. I, I, I Racism is a lot more closeted, I think, yeah, than people right. want to admit. Like, but, but the let's fact be honest, people lost their jobs at those rallies last year with the face recognition stuff, right? They lost their jobs. When, so yeah. they had people didn't show up this year. There were like the 50, Nazis, 50 Nazis a year ago. I'm like, they're just a bunch of nutty people. If, if the argument is that Trump is giving them confidence, however, then the fact that they're still closeted does uh, obviously destroy that argument. But what, what about really. the but what about these comedians that are going on well, stage? The argument is it and comedy club owners are telling them that they should not be telling anti-Trump jokes because the people that voted for Trump in the audience are walking out. What well, about the and and canceling their weeks for it and stuff business. like that? That's business. Well, yeah, but I mean, is it censorship? Yeah. Well, you, 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 you have a right anybody. to censor. Uh, it's censorship. Don't do those jokes because those jokes don't align with my politics. But you can go ahead. But but you're booked for this well, weekend. Look, as a club owner, you know if so, if somebody's walking the room for whatever reason, you have two choices. You can either ask them to change the way they're presenting themselves, or you just stop booking them. Yeah. I tend to just stop sure. booking them. But the fact is, whether people are leaving because you're telling anti-Trump jokes or because you're not funny or telling anti-black jokes, whatever it is, uh, you, you you have to pay your rent. The sure. joke still needs to be funny, like regardless of how offensive it is, the basis has to be funny. I completely agree, but yeah. I'm not talking about hack comics. I'm talking nah. about comedians that you and I both respect that yeah. were told that they couldn't finish weeks or were told that they couldn't do their sets. Uh, in places uh, like Atlantic yeah, yeah, City, yeah, yeah, we're not yeah, talking about wrong. down hey, south. Lasseter was on the show, so you could talk okay, about it. Okay, all right. So, yeah, yeah. We're t I mean, we're talking about John Lasseter. I don't know exactly what the specifics were, but it also happened to Nate Craig. It's also happened to Mike Stanley. It's happened to more than, I mean, these are road dogs, but I mean, it's happened to. I felt. It's More than just one person. With that show, just because I did the show and they make you sign a contract. The contract you signed state that these are the things that is off topic. No uh, political. You see no those sex, on college campuses no too. Stuff. Yeah. Is that real? Yeah. Yeah. So it was very clear cut. Like, hey, we, we want the show to be PG thirteen. Here is the contract X, Y, and Z. And that's the Borgata, right? Yes. And, and everybody, three of my friends have done it. And we've all got the same contract. And by the way, I'll tell you this. You probably agree. there's two kinds of anti-Trump or anti-Obama jokes. Yeah. One kind. Uh, even the people who like Trump will laugh at. Yeah. Right. The other kind, the punchline is basically, if you voted for him, you're a you're fucking idiot. idiot. Yeah. And people are not going to laugh at that. And I never like jokes like that, even when I disagree with, agree yeah. with the politics. With it. Talk yeah. about him and his politics. Don't attack the audience, because they could be potentially your audience. They can go, oh, his views don't line up with mine, but he's fucking funny. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You know? So don't attack your audience. Well, as a comic, I mean, uh, I guess I'm not a rebel, and I'm not trying to. Uh, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to take a stand. If I see people walking out, I'll censor myself. Mm. Why as, the fuck do I should. want people walking out when I'm on stage? Now, I guess I could be like, "Fuck them," and I'm going to say what I have to say, and I suppose that's valid. I'm just not that kind the, of an the, act. The word you know. "censor" is is a, is you know has the connotation, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. Of Stopping something because you don't like the content, you disagree with it, you yeah. don't do things. Yeah. That if if we if I would take a comedian off, not because I care whether they're telling Trump jokes or not or whatever it is, because they're because they're not pleasing the audience, and I wouldn't yeah. say I'm censoring them. Sure, I just say you know you, 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 you're not funny, you're not doing your job. Yeah, you're not. You're, you're offending the audience. What, what do you want from me? You know. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. yeah but, well, with Lenny Bruce, at a certain point, he stopped being funny and people stopped booking him. And he, yeah. I mean, is that censorship? I, I wouldn't call that censorship. No, he was just wildly confusing. Yeah. So, so getting back to the thing, I, I think I'm always on the lookout for these situations where if it had come out this way, they would have used it as evidence. Sure. But since it didn't come out that way, it, it doesn't matter now. Yeah. And so, so you're in a situation where you could only it only works We're back one to way. The, the rally. That, that, and that's and that, and and that's so so that's why I I feel that I, I think that that it's not is it, it's not nearly as bad as we've been led to believe I, it was. I, they were expecting a lot of people at this rally. I when, know. Well, I just don't feel white men are willing to lose their job and not provide for their family based off of how they feel about another race group. Agreed. Right. So, and so also, right. not, nobody showed up so, for his yeah. inauguration either. This and is they, not a guy who's commanding big numbers in general yeah. but, when it comes point, to showing up for him, like point, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the mall. Make but, a face, but it's true. No, but but the point is, if, if Trump is being accused of making racism acceptable, the fact that 20 people showed up argues against that. I saw the pictures of but the was, security gauntlet that people had to go through to get there. They had, they started in Virginia and at the Vienna Metro, and it was lined with police officers. And if you're a white nationalist and you want to attend this rally and you're starting in Virginia and getting on the train and you see a bunch of guys with machine guns, yeah. there's hundreds of them and you got counter-protesters. Like, you're you're going to you lose might, your confidence. You might say, I'm going to get back in my car. No. So sad. Yeah. The guys with machine guns are there to protect them. No, oh, I agree. God. But that, no, why, that's the truth. I mean, no, they, I mean, they were, but that's Tech, also yeah. frustrating yeah. because, well, you know, if they want to show up and rally, how come my tax dollars have to go to okay. massive this, police see, force this is for, where, what did you say, 20 people? This is where you're becoming part of the, 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 part the, of the problem. Part of the problem. I, I wrote because, an op-ed about this for USA Today. Because, you know, because the, the, the purpose of our government, and the, the Bill of Rights, is to protect people's rights. And to the extent that costs a lot of money to do, you kind of got to spend that money because that's, like, that's the baseline of what the government has has to do and what it should do. And so when Richard Spencer went to Florida and spoke at a college campus and it cost $600,000, I'm like, I don't dis- I don't agree with Richard Spencer, but to the extent he has a right to be there, I think the government has to, has to spend the money to protect his First Amendment rights. And what, what okay, he's saying I'm used saying to be optics, the liberal point of view. The optics are very different Ferguson versus the national rally, oh, right? Yeah. The optics are very different. Those Ferguson? are also our, the fir- Ferguson. Ferguson. The cops weren't there protecting anybody's rights or calming anything down. It was yeah. fighting. It, it's very different. Yes, and, and I feel like the optics yeah. are very different. We're talking about protecting somebody going to a college campus. We're not even protecting people in the streets. No, I agree. Like there's, it's just ridiculous. There, it's absolutely well, ridiculous. Yeah, that, there's a double standard, and you got to protect every. You, you got to protect everyone's rights. Exactly. And what happened in Charlottesville in my opinion was a failure of the police they did not do a good job agreed and they were completely unprepared any violence they were unprepared and i think what happened at the this latest unite the right rally was there was a ton of police and it might have prevented some of these protesters from coming right after charlottesville there was another event in boston (laughs) another right-wing rally a white nationalist i have no idea what it was incredible police presence they separated they had about a hundred yards in between the uh the protesters and the counter protesters and i think that's going to an extreme that's a little too far a little too far in the direction of safety the co-founder of our organization harvey silverglate wrote an op-ed about this he's like they created a desert and they called it peace you got to find this happy medium where you're protecting the protesters rights to speak and the counter protesters rights to confront the protesters but do it in a way that's not infringing upon the protesters no what are you hearing from the people that attend the 
the comedy seller? Like, if they write back and they're critical of something, is it usually the politics of race and identity, or is it are they offended, or is it the kitchen sucks? What, I mean, what are they writing you about? Kitchen su- no, we, we, we don't we don't get that many complaints, but uh, we we do we do some get. We don't get many complaints about not having enough black acts. I guess we have a lot of black acts. We do get complaints. That's because our audience is Lily White. We do get complaints <laughs> was just of, nice. about not having enough women sometimes. I guess because women are 50% of the thing. But we actually have more women than ever. Um, and I usually just write back, listen, the, the only thing worse than um, the show you saw without a woman was the show you would have seen if I had put the woman who was available at that particular time because I put the funniest people like some weeks or some certain yeah. time slot. Yeah. I didn't have a I didn't have a, a, a woman as funny as those other dudes. And, yeah. and the other night, I guess the best people for the job available w- w- was a mostly black show. Yeah, well, I think if we really booked fairly, probably all our shows would be all black. Yeah, <laughs> right. But no complaints <laughs> about <laughs> no complaints about content. No, I mean, Sam, Mar- Sam Morell uh, told that joke about the what was it about the oh, the date rape joke. The the no, yeah. the kid who got eaten by the alligator oh, or something or the, oh, the, yeah, the yeah, monkey. Yeah, yeah. Or oh, I don't remember that one. And, uh, I don't either. The ape oh, 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 there was a kid the in Florida joke. No, no, no. There was a kid in Florida, like a two-year-old oh, baby kid that was eaten by an alligator, and yeah. Sam Morell made a joke about it. And a woman complained was via, it funny? via email. Yes, it was very funny. Well, was it funny? One might argue. That two weeks after a child was eaten by an alligator, a parent might argue that there's no joke that would be funny to them. But there's been subject. multiple kids eaten by alligators, so it's not like he can't even be talking about that specific. Well, he was talking about a specific thing. kid. Oh, now well, was it funny? It wasn't too funny to this woman. Uh, it was funny. Well, why to isn't that not funny? But when we hear other humor, like you hear like crackheads being made fun of, or like. Gays being made fun of and all that stuff, but then when we hear that stuff, it's like too soon. Well, look, at why that, is look, that? That's always confusing. Well, it, to was, me. it was one woman. I mean, the audience, she, the, the audience basically did think it was funny. Yeah. And one woman, for whatever reason, uh, well, I, she I, lost I will a child. say I, that knows, you know. that a child being eaten by an alligator in front of their parents is particularly horrifying. If you make fun I, of I, that, I, not if you make fun of like the situation, not the baby, but if you're making fun of like, if well, you're I like, forgot, kind of, I like, forgot the joke. Up, the Isn't this the sort oh, of I thing that Jesselnick does on Twitter all the time? He sure. like, yeah, he waits yeah. 24 hours after a tragedy or, or just 24 minutes after a tragedy and then writes an offensive joke and people love it. He fills auditoriums. Yeah. yeah but, I, actually, I'm, I actually don't like that kind of thing. But I what uh, like shot comedy? Yeah. Or? No, like it, it was somebody dies, you know, and, and they they make fun of them. It it it, bother, it it doesn't bother me so much in the comedy cellar because I know that nobody from that person's family is there, whatever right, it is. Right, yeah. right, but when right. they take it public on Twitter or something like that, and you know that the family is going to see it, yeah. that does disturb me. I, I don't think that's the classiest. thing I to think do. what happens is some people don't acknowledge that. All right, this was a serious thing. Here's the funny in it, but. Here was the, this is something serious. I think they just try to get the joke and move out of it. How, how long can you go until, like, how long do you have to wait until you can tell a joke about that? Well, there's no thing? rule. You just have to, it's, it's the same thing about telling a Trump joke. If you, if you want the audience to like it, you might think twice. And if you, there's, there's no hard and fast rule. I, I mean, you know, I, I personally would probably have avoided a joke about a baby being eaten by an alligator. So, Sam Ariel well, wanted to do it. That's his choice. My choice would have been otherwise. But and the audience, the audience will then decide whether they think it's funny. But it's also about your likability and the relationship you create with that audience. Yeah. 
They, exactly. There are people who say foul shit, but because the audience loves them, they give them that permission. So if you didn't gain that permission, then you're always going to get that reaction. Wasn't it Gilbert Gottfried who did the 9-11 Affleck. joke during oh, uh, no. Trump's mm-hmm. roast? Yeah. Yeah. I think Was so. It? Um, so let's end with this. I, I, I think it's important for everybody in this business to, to really internalize that there are people out there and they, and they come in different shapes and sizes and forms who would like to tell us what we can and cannot do or say based on whether they agree or disagree with the way we think. Yeah. And we need, I, I believe we need to push back on this in every, every place it shows its ugly head. But what if it cuts into your bottom line? No, I was saying, well, we need to push back on it as, as best we can, philosophically push back on it, and not, as somebody here I thought was doing, pick and choose when to do that. It doesn't matter, I believe, it shouldn't matter that you're offended by somebody, you don't like what they think, whatever it is, because it is a, as they say, a slippery slope, there's no stopping it, and it's really not so bad to just hear somebody say something fucked up. Yeah. It's way better than the alternative of somebody deciding that's fucked up, this isn't fucked up, that's sort of fucked up, this can't be said, this guy uh, has a good track record, so we're going to let him perform, this guy didn't have a good track this guy apologized, so it's okay, his apology didn't seem sincere. It's an endless mess. Just yeah. let them say whatever they want. Well, What's so hard? And I think people need to come to each other's defense. Like, you're here with Rebecca, you're coming to each other's defense. It reminds me of back when Salman Rushdie published the Muhammad cartoons, and booksellers were afraid to put the book out. And all the booksellers and the publishers banded together. The satanic verses. Yeah, the satanic verses, yeah. yeah. They all banded together to distribute the book together because there was strength in numbers. And they didn't want to be cowed by the censors because today it's satanic verses, tomorrow it's Huck Finn. You know, you, you you can't... You can't give an inch because as soon as you give an inch, you give a foot, and then you you give a yard, and then yep. you give a mile. Well, sometimes you, sometimes you give an inch, and it just stays at an inch. No, but no, I, I would never, take Huck Finn. I, I actually this is, that is not the saying, Daniel. I, I am I am okay <laughs> with taking Huck Finn out of the schools, though. Well, said wait, wait, yeah, I know. Yeah. I heard you say that in the last I, podcast. I am okay Why? With What's the point of them? Because they're at this point. I'm like, you know what I mean? Because, I mean, because, because right. it's children. It's like kind of like what, at this point. Why are you still change it? Change it up. Or take it out completely. I'll you tell you why. I tell yeah. you. But you tell me about it. If if I were if 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 I were a black parent, and I felt that my child would be upset by that subject matter, seeing the N word written, whatever it is, before I thought they were ready for it, about, yeah. you know, I would say, you know, there's so many other books we can teach them. But why do we have to ram that down anybody's throat? With yeah. adults, it's different. But I I, re, I would respect parents' general wishes. Something that's, that seems Why expose my kid to that that early? It, yeah, if, yeah. If, if the people in that school system felt that way about that particular book, yeah. I, I wouldn't feel like that. Well, what would you say? Me. I mean, there, there are parents that try and get Harry Potter banned from their schools because it, 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 it encourages witchcraft. I mean, again, as soon as you give into the argument, you open it up for other people to make it. I mean, J- Joe Biden's niece is here. Uh, you, you, uh, 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 um, you want to you want to talk on the mic? Yeah. So the you, uh, hi, you, um, uh, unite the right for or against? Unite the right <laughs> unite for, the or right against. for or against? Let the record show she said she's for it. <laughs> <laughs> there are no true questions. Is your is your uncle running for president? If I if I, 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 I have to not to know. 
I happen not to know. You I love no my uncle. Idea. It has the added benefit of being true. Um, and I hope that he does run. But I don't know. Are you a and Biden or are you I on the knew, other side of the family? If I knew, I'm a Biden. Are you on the McGillicuddy side? <laughs> I'm not on the McGillicuddy side. Okay. Um, but if I knew, I wouldn't tell you anyway. Is also the truth. <laughs> Well, I hope he no. does run. I, I think he could win, <laughs> and I think I, I think he's one of the last gasps of a of a moderate, reasonable Democratic Party. And you, you agree with that, right? I sincerely appreciate that. Yeah, and I and I, I hope. Say it anyway, but it has the added benefit of being, of being true. Yeah, he I, seems I, like a nice man. Everybody he says is. he's a nice man. Everybody says he's a nice man. He, he spoke nice at my uh, my graduation when I was at Penn. From yeah. where? University of Pennsylvania. He's got a center oh. at University of Pennsylvania. I, I'm yeah. also a Penn alumni. Yeah. You not Penn? one of their more successful ones. <laughs> But uh, all right, he has a great sense of humor. She says he has a great sense of humor. Yeah, and um, have you met Obama? And Obama, yeah. Well, you look. Yeah, you're, you're his niece. I'm his niece. Can't he see you? My no, but you look face. too young. You look too young to be his niece. I have a niece your age, and I'm, I think. I'm 31. I just, I just dress like a child. Okay. All right. All right. Um, so we got to wrap it up. I, I, all right. We were, I, I, you know, we, well, that, that was a good show, no. I don't know. Were yeah. you happy, Nico? Because I, I was happy, one, yeah. We're simulcasting this. Everybody got their uh, chance to talk, and I think we hit some interesting topics. And our special thanks to Caroline Biden uh, for stopping in. <laughs> Can we do plugs? No? Can we do plugs? Yeah, of course. Yeah, so I want to plug my podcast, so to speak, the Free Speech Podcast. Uh, we talk about these sorts of things every other week. Good time. The Bidens are also they're they're a, they're a, a they're a Jew loving family I think they got several <laughs> intermarriages as I believe this legion of skanks. Um, <laughs> yo, go ahead, Nico. Oh, I'm hey, done. I just wanted to plug the podcast since I plugged my company. Monroe. Uh, Monroe. I have a show at the Fat Black Pussycat on the 23rd with Derek Gaines called No Need for Apologies. Uh, we double headline. That's going to be fun. And then we have a podcast called No Need for Apologies that comes out every Sunday. Uh, Rebecca and uh, go see live comedy you guys go see it at yeah. the cellar go see it at the underground go see it at the creek I don't care where you see it just go see it I'll be at the Renaissance Theater in Mansfield Ohio with Geechee Guy and somebody else I'm a terrible self promoter really but I'll be at the <laughs> Renaissance Theater in Mansfield Ohio on Saturday um, Mansfield uh, I'm not sure where that is I think it's an hour outside of Cleveland but if you if you live there you know where it is the, para the Renaissance Theater this Saturday? What is that, the This 18th? coming Saturday, the 18th, yes. Yeah. And I'll be doing a private gig tomorrow in Las Vegas at the... But it's a private gig, so it doesn't... So you can't sell tickets. Yeah. Can't sell tickets. Yeah. And By the way, I want to take, take the podcast uh, uh, five days a week. Five days a week? Yeah, yeah. It's but a daily. Yeah. I want to do, I wanna do well, five well, days That seems like a lot, and uh, we'll have to discuss. Okay. And on that note, <laughs> good night, everybody. Bye. 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 That was a recording of my conversation at the world-famous back table of the Comedy Cellar in New York City on August 15th as part of its Live from the Table podcast. To learn more about this podcast, however, that is, so to speak, the Free Speech Podcast, you can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash freespeechtalk or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash so to speak podcast. As always, we like feedback which you can email to us at so to speak at thefire.org. And when you hear from me next time, I will be a resident of Virginia, working out of Fire's DC office full time. But until then, I thank you again for listening. <laughs>